You're listening to Parents You've Got This, the expert guide to parenthood. The complete guide to pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. This podcast is brought to you by Parents You've Got This and proudly supported by Mastella. Mastella is a natural origin skincare for babies and children, recommended by healthcare professionals. Mastella by Parents Side since 1950. When it comes to the safety of your little ones, there really is nothing more important. Today, we welcome our safe sleep expert from Red Nose, Tiffany Fryer, to talk to us all about the safe sleep principles and how to set up your nursery. Tiffany is a Red Nose senior educator. She is also a maternal nurse and a safe settling and sleep expert. She is an expert teaching the community on the ways that they should be caring for their little ones to ensure that their environments that they're growing up in are super safe and appropriate for their age. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tiffany. Red Nose, of course, is Australia's leading authority on safe sleep and safer pregnancy advice and bereavement support for anyone affected by the death of a baby or child. So Tiffany, as parents ourselves, this topic is just so close to our hearts, but can we start by talking about why this is such an important thing that parents learn about the safe sleep principles, ideally before their little one arrives? Yeah, of course. Look, we all worry about our children before they're even born, um, but a lot of us are aware of and might not be aware of when they're pregnant is that babies sleep about three quarters of the time. So um, depending on their age in that first year of life, they're asleep for maybe uh, 10 to 16 hours a day. So that's a lot of time. And we know that is the place where they're most likely to be at risk. And Red Nose have developed a special um, principle, six safe sleep principles to help your little one um, ensure their safety around SIDS. Can you talk us through those six principles? Yeah, um, so the first one is to place your baby on their back. Um, now that used to be slightly different. It used to be your baby must sleep on their back for the first year of life. But what we know is that about, around about three or four months of age, a really exciting milestone, which is when babies start to roll and sometimes they'll roll themselves on their own onto their tummy and sleep quite safely. But we do ask that parents pop their babies on their back when they put them to sleep for that first year of life. The second one is to keep their head and face uncovered. And of course that is to stop things dropping over their face to um, you know, stop or interfere with their breathing. But it's also really important to help babies maintain their own um, internal temperature. We don't want them overheating. And if they're wearing a hat when they're asleep and they're getting a little bit hot, there's nowhere for that heat to escape. Um, the third one is about uh, keeping the baby smoke free. That's really important. Um, they should be in their own safe space. So ideally a cot um, or a porta cot. Um, bassinets can be safe as well up until babies start to roll. Um, they should be in the same room as their parent or caregiver for the first six months of life. Um, and if mum can or chooses to, then breastfeeding is really important. If for whatever reason mum isn't breastfeeding, then we just ask parents to stick by the first five recommendations. Can we talk a little bit more about a baby's safe sleep space? So you've said that ideally a baby would be sleeping in the same room as the parents. Yeah. Uh, if people would like to set up a nursery for their little one yeah. for when they get that little bit older, what are some of the things that they should be looking for to have in their nursery? And how can we make sure that the furniture that we buy is safe and appropriate? Yeah, great question. Uh, look, 
We would like parents to have their babies in the same room as them for the first six months. So ideally a nursery as in where the baby sleeps on their own should be after that six months of age. Um, and that would be when we would recommend um, definitely that a baby is in a cot. Now cots in Australia have to be made really um, safely. There's laws in place, so you can't buy, import or sell a cot or a port-a-cot in Australia that doesn't have really good safety measures around it. There'll be a little sticker on the side of the cot somewhere. Often it's hidden underneath uh, where you can't quite see it, um, but there will be a label that says it's been manufactured under the safe sleeping environment. Um, I think what happens is that uh, we often uh, see a lot of things on social media and beautiful spaces with lots of things in the cot. And yes, they do look beautiful, but what we know is that anything that you add to the sleep environment over and above your baby actually increases risk. So um, if you want your baby's cot space to look beautiful, having some really nice um, sheets, some colorful sheets, that's much better than adding anything else to the environment. You've also got to be aware of things that um, may be around, which includes above the baby, um, when they're in the cot, so something that might potentially fall off a wall, um, could hit them on the head and that's not going to be great. Uh, but if it's things like mobiles um, or anything that's decorative that a child could grab and pull, they might get tangled up in it, maybe they pop it in their mouth and they can choke. So you've got to really be aware of like not just the, the space that the baby's sleeping in, but all those bits around them. You certainly don't want them to be able to pop their hands through a cot and grab an electrical cord, that kind of thing. Yes, so things like bumpers and toys are a no-no in the cot. Yeah, we do say that. Now, we do say no toys and what we really mean is not lots and lots of toys because what we also know is another beautiful milestone that babies hit around about seven or eight months. It's called object permanence and really it just means that they become aware of things and become attached to things. Often when babies get separation anxiety, when they get very upset when their parents disappear, when they've been okay. Um, so some children around about that age do make a connection with a comforter, um, maybe a blanket, a soft toy, and they need that to help them sleep. So if that is your particular baby, then absolutely give them to them, not before seven months of age. But when they're asleep, just move it far enough away that it's not gonna get near their face and overheat them or you know, potentially um, suffocate them. Can we talk a little bit more in detail about bassinets, Tiffany? Yeah. So many of us live in houses with smaller rooms where we couldn't fit you know, a full cot in the bedroom with yeah. us. Can we talk about bassinets and when their use is safe? Yeah, look, um, the thing about bassinets is that there aren't safety standards in Australia. So it's not that we're saying that bassinets are unsafe, but we don't have that really um, important rules around it. So we can say they are safe. Um, so what we know is that the, there's two recommendations that are quite closely tied together and that is the safe space and sleeping your child in the same room as you. So absolutely if you can't fit a cot in your bedroom then we want your baby in the room next to you so we would recommend um, a bassinet. The risk with bassinets actually come when your baby starts to roll which is typically three to four months. Now some babies will be a little older and some a little younger so again it's dependent on the particular child that you have. Um, but we would rather the baby in a bassinet in your room and then when they start to roll, then move them into their nursery into a cot. But if you can fit a cot in your room, you can go straight to a cot. I think there's a bit of um, an urban myth out there that you can't put a newborn in a cot, but of course you can. They're just very safe in there. But if you can't fit it in there, then please use a bassinet. What about baby monitors? Are they safe as having your baby in the same room as you? 
Look, what we know is that there's no evidence that using a monitor um, reduces the risk of SIDS. So what we say is you can absolutely use a monitor, but you still need to be using the six safe sleeping recommendations. Some people find that actually using that monitor gives them an extra layer of, um, of comfort. They know that it, they're gonna see their baby or there might be an alarm. But what we also find is that there's a lot of false alarms with these monitors yes. um, and it actually increases people's anxiety. So if you're finding that it's making you less stressed, it's fantastic. If it's making you more stressed, then go back to um, going and checking on your baby. We talked earlier about that milestone when your baby starts to roll. This can be quite stressful as a parent when you've been told that your baby needs to sleep on its back and all of a sudden it just won't, you know, you put your baby down and it rolls over. And yeah. so, you know, as parents, we wake up in the night, we think, oh, we've got to turn them back over or they, mm -hmm. you know, what if they, they can't breathe? Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what we should do at that stage and how do we approach that milestone and embrace that milestone? Yeah, look, it's a beautiful milestone, but it does give you that almost um, immediate joy that your baby's done something exciting and then the terror that's attached to it, oh no, they're gonna move onto their tummy. Um, there is a very short period of time when babies can roll from their back onto their stomach and then they can't quite manage the full roly-poly the whole way around. Um, that's when we really need you to keep a closer eye on your baby. Um, actually doing some tummy time and helping them to roll themselves will help to, to get them to roll the full circle. But once they have um, successfully can roll onto their tummy and then flip all the way to their back, what we know is we all move in our sleep, we all reposition ourselves and we all resettle ourselves. We don't all go to sleep on our left side and wake up on our left side. Um, so that's just what your baby's doing. And we want your babies to be able to do these beautiful milestones. We want them to roll. Yes, we want them on their back, we know that's safe, but we don't want parents, you know, being stressed and awake all night panicking. If you notice that your baby has rolled onto their tummy, you can of course roll them gently back more than likely though you'll turn around and they've flipped themselves onto their tummy again. What about sleeping bags? They're hugely popular these days. Are they safe? Um, and are swaddles, which are probably less expensive, safe? Yeah, look, there's, there's a bit of confusion about what is a wrap, what is a swaddle, what is a sleeping bag? Um, so a sleeping bag is um, you know, an, an all-in-one outfit that the baby sleeps in. They're actually really good because um, when your baby does get on the move, they are taking their blankets with them so they don't wake up because they're cold. And of course, they don't have blankets to get caught up and tangled under. So they are a good alternative. It's really important that they fit well. And by that, I mean that the, um, the neck hole is not too tight. You don't want that. But you also don't want it too big. You don't want to risk your baby actually getting inside the sleeping bag. Um, if you're choosing to use a sleeping bag, and actually you can use them from birth, um, but what you'll find from birth is your baby probably won't settle as long as a baby that is wrapped. Um, just um, be aware that they come in different, what we call a TOG. A TOG layer is, I, I believe, out of the Scandi countries, and it's about how warm it is. Um, so, you know, a TOG 1 would be summer, TOG, TOG 2 probably most Australian winters, and TOG 3 would probably be outdoor camping. Um, so you wouldn't put your baby in a high tog um, sleeping bag in summer. Um, when it comes to newborns, particularly that first three months of life, they actually settle better when they are wrapped. A red nose recommends just using cotton or um, muslin swaddles or wraps. Um, and the reason we prefer that is because they've generally got a little bit of give in them. They're much thinner. They've got um, almost like an open weave. So there's less likelihood that the heat will become trapped. 
but the beautiful thing about them is that they're actually held in place by the baby's own body weight. So if they do roll themselves for the first time and it's unexpected and you weren't um, you know, anticipating it, then um, just the act of rolling actually loosens that wrap and they're more able to get their hands out so they can get them nice and close to their face. They can push down, use that, that strength they're building up with lots of tummy time so they can lift their head, their chest up and they can move their head outside of the mattress and away from danger. What about the ideal temperature of a baby's room, Tiffany? Is it important that we keep the ambient air you know, really warm or should it not be too warm? How do we know that our, our house or that our baby's room is the right temperature for them to have a good sleep? That's a really good question. It's a really common question and it's also a little bit difficult to answer because uh, Red Nose is all about evidence base and you know, I'd love to be able to say um, 19.2 degrees is the temperature your baby's room <laughs> needs to be, but we don't have that information. So what we say is the room should be comfortable for yourself. If it's comfortable for you, it's comfortable for your baby. If you walk in and you suddenly go, oh, I need to put a blanket on and maybe you know put the heater up, it's too cold for your baby. The same if you walk in there and you suddenly need a cold drink and take your cardigan off, it's gonna be too warm. I think something that some parents worry about is their baby's getting cold and what they do is they'll feel their hands or maybe they'll give them a little kiss or touch their face and their, their ears, their cheeks, their nose can all be chilly. But actually what we want is their chest or their torso to be nice and warm. So if parents are worried about their babies being too hot or too cold when they're sleeping, the best way is to touch their tummy with your hand. But again, no one wants to wake a sleeping baby by unzipping them and undressing them. So popping a couple of fingers down and feeling the chest area and it should feel nice and warm. If it's chilly, then yes, they're cold, they need another layer. If they're hot and sweaty, sticky, clammy, they're already too hot and we need to um, reduce the heat. That's a great tip. And so parenting raises so many questions and that's what I just love about Red Nose. You touched on the fact that you're evidence-based, which is what parents need. You've got a huge amount of resources, but there is one resource which I think parents don't know about, which they should, and it's your safety helpline. Yes. Yeah, so we have um, a, a 1-300 number that you can call Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. That's on the Melbourne time. Um, so if you're in other parts of the country, you need to um, think about the time difference. Um, but we have uh, one of our educators on the end of the phone line during those times to answer all your questions. Um, we can email you responses and extra information. But the good thing is if we don't know the answer, we want to know why we don't know the answer and we will find out and we'll get that to you. Fantastic, Tiffany. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise and all the amazing Red Nose information with us today. You're very welcome. And a big thanks to Mustella for sponsoring this episode. Did you know that cradle cap happens to one in three babies and that it has nothing to do with hygiene? If you are dealing with cradle cap, reach for the dermatologist and paediatrician tested combination of gentle foaming shampoo and cradle cap cream. They can be used to manage cradle cap by reducing flakes and minimising their reappearance. You've been listening to the Expert Guide to Parenthood. Never forget, parents, you've got this. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended to support, not replace, a discussion with your doctor or healthcare professional. Parents, you've got this. Take no responsibility for any medical decisions made by individuals based on the information provided in this podcast. Join a Parents You've Got This Masterclass today to be prepared, excited and educated for pregnancy, birth, baby and parenthood. Visit www.parentsyou'vegotthis.com.au and sign up for a masterclass today.